0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: If you believe that, let's give Jesus a big cheer. Amen. Amen. I heard a preacher say one time... I heard a preacher say one time, there ain't nobody like our God, Brother Danny. Amen. Can't nobody do us like Jesus. Amen, Brother Allen. Amen. Amen. If I could get you to get your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to read verse 1 and verse 6, and you can be seated, and we'll get started. Amen. Y'all hear something beating real loud up here, Sister Jane? It's just my little heart, so it is. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, amen. Tonight, for just a few moments, I want to talk to you about the word I can, not I can't. Hebrews 11 and 1 reads like this. It says, now faith, church say now faith, faith. is as a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Go down to verse 6. It says, but without faith, It is impossible, church, say impossible, to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you would, let's raise our hands toward heaven and let's just pray for just a few moments. Precious Jesus. we pray. Amen. Church, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Have you ever found your place, Brother Tyson, needing some now faith? Amen. I've been in a place, Brother Gibson, that I needed some now faith. Amen. I didn't have time to call my prayer partners. I didn't have time to do a fast. I didn't have a time to, Brother Allen, to get into word because the Bible said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I need some now faith, brother Jerry, and I appreciate a God that said we have some now faith. Amen. I thought about Philippians four and thirteen. It said, "I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me." Amen. Don't you know what the Bible said? With God, nothing is impossible, Sister Donna. Amen. We was at work and we had an auditor. I worked for the county in, in Levy County and. We had some auditors come over, Brother Rayleigh, and they was doing some books and and um doing our uh to make sure all the numbers lined up and and um I talked to this young lady actually she's from cross city, and brother jack uh we was I was talking to her, and we was trying to actually get her to come to work for us at the clerk's office in levy county brother gibson and and I said, uh what do you think about it? You know we can probably work with some numbers and kind of make it work for you and um Sister Debbie, she said, um, you know, I, I'd like to. She said, but I'd like, I'd like a job that's challenging. <laughs> but Joseph, I, I had to stop just a minute. I said, tell me that again. <laughs> she said, I want a job that challenges me. I said, just in case I missed this, Sister Shirley, I said, could you just tell me one more time? I said, you want a job that challenges you? She said, yeah, that's what I want. Thought for a minute. I said, Brother Wayne, I said, look here, girl. I, I ain't never wanted a job that challenged me. <laughs> she said, not I thought we got a job because we got a paycheck. We did our at 40 at 8, got our 8, and got to the gate, amen. But what I'm trying to tell you is, she said, man, she just messed up my world. She said, she said uh, I want to be challenged. And I thought about that, Brother Chris. I thought about how as Christians... We want all the, the benefits that come with serving God. We just don't want to be challenged. Sister Jamie, we want to pray, a, if I can say it like this, we want to pray a five cent prayer and get God to part the Red Sea, Sister Donna. Can I tell you, see, because in our flesh, we don't want to do what it's going to take, Brother Gibson, and get us to the place to where we can get some now faith. Because, see, we ain't like it is in a lot of third world countries. See, sister Osborne, we can we got availability at the end of our fingertips, whatever we want. So, Jesus, we can just reach out and get it. If we can't get it, somebody can help us get that. But can I tell you, there's probably going to come a time when you walk with God that you're going to find you're in a place that you need, brother Brian. You need some now faith. And in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about three folks that needed some now faith. They had some obstacles that they had to overcome, that that a that a lot of times would have wilted the average person. Can I tell you, there's things that's going to come upon us that if you ain't careful, they'll just mess you up. Because yeah. see, Sister David, you know when, and, and, and I'm not trying to drift too much here, Sister Jennifer, but you know when you, you get a, uh, and I, I'm just learning how to bake. Sharon don't eat most of what I bake, but that's all right. Me and the dogs enjoy it. But anyway, if you follow directions, just like it says, Brother Dave, you expect to get, what it says you're supposed to get. If you put all the ingredients in there and you cook it at the right time and you take it out at the right time, you expect it to be edible, amen? But sometimes, Brother Tyson, it don't always work that way. Brother How, I have followed directions sometimes and just left it in just a little too long and it messed it up. Can I tell you, Brother Justin, I've prayed and I've fasted and I've sought God and it still just didn't go my way. I said, Amen. ain't throwing in the towel. Greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Amen. God knows what I have need of before I ever ask, Brother Jimmy. I didn't get in this thing for God to give me everything. I just want to make it to heaven. Amen. I just want to go to heaven. I've been here long and I'm ready to go. My little mind can't wrap around, Brother Jerry, what it'll be like to be no sin, no sickness, no death, no sorrow to be in the presence of God all the time and just worship him and praising him? Amen. But she said, I want to be challenged. And I wonder how many people, Brother Brian and our assembly this evening, really want to be challenged by God. Because, right. right. you know, when you come to church, Sister Donna, you can put on the right shoes and put on the right clothes, and if you have hair, you can fix your hair just right. Yeah. Amen, if you have hair. <laughs> and if you don't, you ain't got to spend much time on that project, Sister Donna, Amen. But it's more than just dressing right. They told me in Chiefland. They said, Look here, Brother Wayne. He said, Why don't you just let us dress what we We'll dress like you want us to dress it when we come to church. But you just let us dress like we want outside the church. I said, Brother Michael, that, that ain't what it's all about. What we're trying to say is we want people to see Jesus on the inside and we want people to see us on the outside. Amen. I want them to see me. If you run into me at Walmart, Brother Tom, I want to be the same guy that I am here at Hatch Bend Apostolic Church. Amen? That's what I want you to say. I, I want you to say, now that guy really loves the Lord. If you'll give me just a few minutes, we're going to work our way, Brother Ben, to talk about Jesus. i got to hurry up. Okay, okay. All right. Let me get to where we're at now. All right, real quickly, and i got to hurry because I, I, I ramble too much. We have three gallon jugs up here, amen? Hey, Brother Orlando. And and we got three jugs, three gallon jugs. One's got water and two are empty, amen? You notice that steel vinegar there. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. I, I want to tell you, and I know nobody in here needs this information, but I've got it and I'd like to share it with you real quickly. And this ain't about Weight Watchers, but I just want to tell you some numbers real quick. What Americans spend on diet, and it says Americans spend over 6 billion a year on trying to lose weight. Considering the fact that 75 million Americans are actively trying to lose weight, that's 800 per person per year. About $3 billion are spent on weight loss chains such as Weight Watchers. Diet pills and meal replacement solutions are $3 billion market home delivery services for diet food such as Nutrisystem or a $1 billion business. I need to get on that, amen. But, but, but tonight, Sister Mary is a good night. Because Brother Wayne is going to tell you a simple plan that don't cost you anything, and you can look. Y'all already doubt me. And let me explain. I told you last time, Sister Shirley, that I got a chance to speak. My first name's Thomas. My parents were not very religious at that time. Brother Gibson, they named me right. Amen. I see some Towton Thomases in the house tonight. That's all right. I understand we've only been here seven months, and that's okay. But Brother Farrell, I just want you to listen to me before you close the door. Amen. I'm telling you, you don't have to spend a cent unless you get city water on what I'm about to tell you, Brother Rayleigh. Now, I'm only telling you because I've done this and tried this myself. At one point, I... I said, Sarah, you quit. At one point, by the grace of God, I weighed 225 pounds. Is that true? Sharon and I, we so messed up when we went to Publix, you know, they got their free scales out there, Sister Melinda, you can stand on. I used to just stand on them. And she always weighed at our house, my scales was what I thought was right, Brother Chris. And I, but Publix always weighed me ten pounds a lot heavier than my house scale. Sharon said, Oh, these scales are right. They can't be right. They ain't right. They always weighed her just right. But anyway, long story short, I got to hurry on, got to get going down the road. Brother Chris is going to blow the whistle here on me in just a minute. But here's what I want to tell you. A preacher friend of mine came in from Winn-Dixie when I was working at Winn-Dixie. This man had lost a bunch of weight. And I said, Man, what'd you do? He said, If you'll drink three gallons of water a day, you'll lose all. Sister Jennifer's back there nodding her head. She's with me. Amen. If you'll drink three gallons of water a day, you can lose, Brother Alan, stay with me. You can lose all the weight you want to lose. Now, here's the best part, Brother Mike. You ain't got to quit eating what you're eating. You can eat Snicker bars. You can eat ice cream. You can be like Brother Danny and eat a bowl of cereal before you go to bed. That upsets me. I just want y'all to know that. (laughs) Thinking about that, Brother Toby puts weight on me. (laughs) Now, what we're talking about now, I don't want y'all to lose where we're at. We're talking about some now faith, Brother Jack. But see, if, if you believe, Sister Amy, if you believe old Wayne is crazy that this won't work, then it won't work for you. If you say, there is no way I can drink, I hate water. It don't taste like nothing. Most people, when I tell this to Sister Smith, they give me the same response y'all are giving me. Like, are you crazy? Who can drink three gallons of water a day? I can't go to the restroom that many times. Look, we can think of whatever excuses you want to think of, Sister Donna. Amen? But I promise you now, sister David, this is true. If you pour three, it's only these three guys right here. It's just, I mean, look, that don't really look like a lot of water, does it? <laughs> See, y'all's doubting Thomas is already kicking in, right? I got that. I got that. I got that. Okay. But but here's where we're going, brother Justin, is if you never try it, you don't know whether brother Wayne's telling you the truth or he's telling you a story. If you don't never, I thought about. Um, I think it's Brother Landon. Um, that that's sister. Um, help me out. And that's name, Brother Landon. Yes. Sister Danielle's yes. son. I seen him driving here. What is he like, ten or twelve or something? <laughs> I just want to know. I ain't the popo. I ain't the popo. But ain't that about right? Ain't he like ten or twelve? He's got some really cool parents, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you about that if my parents would have let me drove at ten or twelve man, I'd probably still have hair. Amen, I'd still be so happy. You know what I'm saying, Brother Jerry? But anyway, I'm moving along, I'm moving along. Here's my point. You can say that you now he can actually say because he's actually done it. But you can say that you're driving a car, but if all you've got it done is running, the air condition's going, and the radios are playing, you're really not driving. The car's just sitting there running. It's like faith. You can say you got faith. God said he gave every man a measure of faith. I just read you. He said without faith, Sister Mary, it's impossible to please God. He said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But until you slip faith in gear, it's just a word. You're not really driving a car if you're just sitting there listening to the radio. The car's just sitting there running. So we're fixing to talk about some folks here James said in uh, chapter 2, verse 14, he said, What doeth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Even so, faith, if it had not works, it is and it being alone. Yea, a man say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. He said, Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you the, my faith by my works. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? The last scripture there in 26 says, For as a body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. See, it's easy to have faith while you're sitting in church, Brother Danny. But when you get that phone call in the middle of the night, you go to the post office and get that letter, maybe your boss man calls you into the office and hands you a pink slip, it's like these three jugs of water. Until you try that, Sister Chelsea, you don't know whether that works or not. Until your faith is put to work, you don't really know if you've got faith. Right. The preacher can preach all the faith he wants to preach until you accept it. Until you get that word on the inside and let it. You know the thing is, um, if if you want a testimony, you got to go through something, Sister Jane. Most of us want somebody else's testimony because we really don't want to go through things. See, when when I was telling y'all about these three gallons, Brother Brian, y'all looked at me like I was really crazy. But I promise you, if you'll try it, and when the weight starts dropping off, you'll say, that guy was pretty on to something. But it's going to cost you something. Faith's going to cost you something when you turn it over that plate. Faith's going to cost you something when you spend time in the Word of God. Faith's going to cost you something when you set yourself aside. Yes, sir. When the flesh says, let's go do this, and you say, no, I, I need to go spend time with God. Yes, sir. Because I think it was Paul that said there was a war going on in his members when I would do good. Do you ever have that war in your members? Yes, sir. Do you ever lay in bed and God moves on your heart? To, and we fix and get to that here real quickly that God would have you to go speak to somebody or talk to somebody? So Jesus, when you wake up in the morning, that, that feeling's passed on and you got other things to do. I wonder how many opportunities God wanted to work in my life, Brother Chris, that I just passed on and walked right on through them. I thought about when Ananias was told by the Lord to go talk to a man called Saul. Before we get to that, I want to read you some of Paul's testimonies. You know, he said uh, he was chief among sinners. And he said in Acts 8 and 3, he says, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hailing men and women, commending them to prison. 9, 1 and 2 said, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings, and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any Of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. He said, himself said in Acts 22, 4 and 5, he said, and I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prison both men and women. And also the high priest doeth bear me witness in all of the estate of the elders from whom I also received letters unto the brethren and went to Damascus to bring them which were bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. He was before King Agrippa in Acts 26 and 10 and 11. He said, which things I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. He said, and I punished them often in every synagogue, compelled them to blaspheme and be exceedingly mad against them. I persecuted them even into strange cities. And we all know the story about Ananias and Saul, but how many people would have liked God to spoke to them on that one? Amen. You know, the baddest guy in the town, Brother Danny, that's who God says, all right, Wayne, that's who I want you to go talk to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? God, could I just have somebody maybe on the Little League team? You know what I'm saying? Could I just have somebody just starting out in wee ball or something? Do we got to go just right now? Brother Hal, right now to the majors? God, do you really know who this Saul guy is Uh I mean, he's killing your people. He's dragging men and women to prison. He's wanting somebody that he can get his hands on to lock up. God, do you really know? I mean, it's easy to talk to Brother Chris because he loves Jesus. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know, Brother Dave, me and him can disagree and still be agreeable. We can get along. But you know, Sister Debbie, when you walk up on them people that really don't love Jesus like you love them, I don't know about y'all since the pastor ain't here, I'll just be real honest with y'all. Witnessing ain't a big ain't a one of my strong suits, Brother Jared. I get intimidated. Because most of us, Brother Allen, don't want our feelings hurt. Nobody really wants to walk up to somebody and they say, Get that mess out of here. I don't want to hear that. You know, they get into that if you're you know. You know what I'm saying, Brother Wayne? But Ananias said this. He said, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. To him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. He said, Behold, I am here, Lord. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul, a Taurus. For behold, he prayeth, and he hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him, that he might receive his sight. And Brother Wayne kicked in on Brother Ananias. And then Ananias answered and said, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to the saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I'm going to stop there for just a minute. If I'd have been old Brother Wayne, I'd have missed an opportunity, Brother Ray, and I'd have just walked right by that thing. I'd have just changed the channel and went to something else. That must not have been God. That must have been that bad pizza I had. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That just couldn't have been God. Why would he want me to go talk to a man that's killing and persecuting his church? That's just. Let me talk to the guy This third row on the other side of the church that I ain't met yet. Let me go talk to him. But God said he's a chosen vessel. I says, really, I wonder how many times maybe we've walked past chosen vessels that God said, just take a few minutes out. Just take a few minutes out and just mention my name. All, all you are is a conduit. I want to work through you to talk to somebody, but you shutting me down. I says, man, I wonder how many times in old Wayne when he worked at Winn-Dixie that God would send somebody by And when he walked me right up to the edge of talking about him, we could talk about football or we could talk about soccer. We could talk about the stock market. But when God walked me right up to that edge, Brother Peyton, I just kind of shut it down. But you know, when I needed God, he didn't shut down on me. He said, nevertheless, nevertheless, if this cup can't pass, God let me have it. And this is what, a way and I, I just love this. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house putting his hands on him and said, Church, you can say what you want, but them's two powerful words right there. Yeah. laid his hands on him and just welcomed him into the family. He said, Brother Saul. Yeah. Brother Saul. If that had been Brother Wayne, I'd sound like Mel Tillis. I ain't sure I really, i been calling me some prayer partners. We got to go to this house, boys. I need some help. The Saul just manned up and said, we got to go. And think about that. He just laid his hands on him and just welcomed him into the family. He didn't know whether the man was going to drag him off, go crazy, drag him off to prison. Can I tell you, church, that's what it's all about. Somebody comes in and is welcoming them into the family of God. I told that young couple that got baptized Sunday, I said, man, I envy y'all. I wish at, at y'all's age, me and Sharon and our two children would have been doing what y'all are doing. Serving God at an earlier age, Sister Ann. I, I so wish that. I'm so thankful God's been so good to us the 25 years that we've served him. But oh, Sister Don, I wish I'd have done it back in 1986 when Sharon and I got together. I wish that I was more bolder when, when we was at Mount Zion and, and, and went to the Pentecostals and, and I would have walked up to people that was in church and just introduced myself this man walked up to a man that was a known killer, Brother Jerry. Put his hands on him and called him Brother Saul. Real quickly, I want to tell you this real quick story. We had a man when we was going to Mount Zion. Mostly when Brother Huggins went somewhere, Brother Gibson, he always called me and I chauffeured him around. And we went to, he got a call, his, or his, hus- his wife was a dying, And, um, they called Brother Huggins and said, "Hey, Pastor, would you mind going and pray for this man's wife that she's a dying?" He said, "No, no." He said, I, "You know, I will go." Well, anyway, the Pastor and his wife knew this couple, and uh, this guy was—he's from Cross City—and he was a bad dude, from what he says and what other people said about him. I mean, he was really—he wasn't as bad as Saul, but he was a bad guy. But I don't know about y'all. I don't know how many people—if you've ever went to pray for. Sister Man, and you walked in the house and there wasn't nobody but unbelievers in that house. And you looked like the sore thumb that stuck out. You know what I'm saying? They just parted like the Red Sea, let you get in so you could get out, Sister Donald. They they need to go on about their business. But as as the pastor was leaving his house, his wife said, You know, that's a hard nut there that you're fixing to go pray for. So he said the most fabulous words, he said, But God's a nutcracker. He said, God's a nutcracker. God can take a hold of something that me and you can't play with, and God will just melt it down. We went to that man's house. There, just the stars didn't all align, and the sun didn't dip three times, and we didn't hear angels sing or none of that stuff. When you went off with Brother Huggins, you done two things. You walked in there, he prayed for him, and you walked out. I think him and Brother Rayleigh had a little bit of kin there. I don't know, but I'm telling you. <laughs> I did. I just drifted off. Just a minute. I, I'm getting right back. I'm getting right back in line. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. We have been. We have been. People want us to go pray for people in the hospital, but in between church services, we drive all the way to Gainesville. He'd walk into the room, and he'd walk over there and lay his hands on him and pray for him. We'd walk right back out. I thought, Pastor, can't we talk for just a few minutes? We drove 45 minutes one way, and we're going to drive 45 minutes. Couldn't we just? He, he didn't do that. We walked in There those people of unbelievers up in that house, Sister Jennifer. And he prayed for that woman. And we walked out. Because you know one thing, Brother Mike, about God, and I, I say it all the time, you never know. You never know what God's doing. He just wants somebody to work through. He just wants somebody that's got some now faith. Somebody's going to reach out there by faith and just step out there hold that thing, Brother Ben, and just say, I want to do this thing, God. He wants somebody like Ananias that's going to have enough faith to put his hands on the unbeliever and call him Brother Saul and welcome him into the family. Yeah. I'll tell you real quickly because I got to get going because I'm way behind. But here's what happened. This man and this woman started coming Mount outside. They both got saved. Both got full of the Holy Ghost. I think I'm right. Some of his children come in. She eventually passed away from some other complications some years later, this man to this day is still serving God. Still serving God, Brother Jerry. Got a jail ministry that he told Pastor. I just talked to Pastor because I want to get the story right. He, he said he had baptized over 400 people in the jail there, I think in Dixie County. Now think about that. Brother Jimmy, think about that. If, if Pastor would have cowered down and the devil would have said, That's a tough nut to crack. But he got that Holy Ghost boldness about him, Sister Betty, and he said, God can crack that nut. I'm not sent there to heal him. I'm not sent there to save him. I'm not sent there to open his blinded eyes. I'm just sent there as a willing vessel to say, look, this is what God can do. It's up to you. Aren't you glad that somebody with some Holy Ghost boldness invited you one day to say, look, you need church. You need God to change your life. Amen. I wish I'd been like Brother Boyd raised up in church my whole life. I really do. But Brother Jerry, I wasn't. Can't change that, but I sure want to serve him now. Real quickly, I want to talk about the woman that had the little pot of oil and had the two sons that the creditors was coming to get. And y'all all know the story. So I'll be real quick. I want to tell you this in Hebrews 6 and 10 it says for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have showed toward his name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Malachi 3, 16 and 17 says then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another and the Lord hearkened and heard it and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. Think about that. A book of remembrance was written. He said somewhere in the Bible that every tear that you've ever cried, Brother Danny, he's put in a bottle. God loves you, church. He said a book of remembrance was written before him, before them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of the hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels and I will spare them and as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Brother Wayne, why did you read that? Because this is what I want to read next. 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7 says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. That's pretty bad right there, Brother Tyson. She didn't stop there. And she said, Thy knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. She's calling some memory cards back. Chris, she's saying, you know, you remember, my God, my, my husband served God. Aren't you glad you got a God that you can say God? Don't you remember? Your word says, God, I, I can't put my faith in this or I can't put my faith in that, but I can put my faith in your word. You said heaven and earth would pass away, but your word would stand forever. I can't stand on nothing because everything else moving. Everything else is shaking. But your words forever settled in heaven. God, you remember. It's in your book. It's in your book. And she said, The creditors has come to take him, my two sons, to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, Thy handmaid had not anything. Well, that's a bad spot to be in, Sister Jennifer. She said she didn't have anything in the house save a pot of oil. Aren't you glad, brother Tom, you serve a God that can take nothing and make something out of. Amen. And if God needs to create something, Sister Amanda, God can create something if that's what If he needs to make a creative miracle to meet your need, God'll do that. This is a part that I really love. Now, and I know y'all are far above where Wayne's at. I understand that. But what he tells, what Elisha tells this woman and her sons to do, is really stretching it, Sister Donna. Now, because if Doubting Thomas Wayne would have been there, and if I had a brother, when we was going to the neighbor's house to borrow some vessels, I said, "Dad, you really think this might work?" Now, think about it. Have y'all ever had somebody ask you to pray for them, and before you pray for them, doubt entered your mind, like, "I just ain't sure this is going to work." Oh Y'all, come on, y'all got to do better than that. I can't be the only person that's ever felt that. I know I ain't connected real spiritually like I need to be, Brother Toby, but come on, I can't be the only person. Huh? Huh, Brother Justin, now you the pastor, son? Have you ever felt that? Okay, that made me feel better right there. I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, But anyway, can you imagine if you went and borrowed pots from all your neighbors, Brother Chris? The devil would say, well, what you going to say when you got to take them back? You know what I'm saying? Right. Yes, they say, What you gonna say then when you drag back that empty pot? They say, Well, why, what, what'd you do with my pot? Yep. The man of God told me to come get all the pots I could get my hands on and it just didn't work. Because yep. you best believe when faith shows up, brother and doubts right behind him. Yes, sir. You can leave church full of energy, brother Gibson can pray pray the walls down. Right. Get in bed and doubt just hit you. Bam! Or you get prayer for something and you say, and I'm just going to use Brother Jerry and come up here and get prayer for his shoulder and it don't work. The devil says, I told you that stuff don't work. Now maybe he don't talk to y'all like that, but he just so You know what I'm saying? But you know what? By faith, you just try it anyway. You get in front of the mirror, you just, it ain't coming up in faith. I just believe it's going to come up. Huh? I ain't got no oil coming out of them pots yet, but we're dragging these pots to the house. Because you know why? Because the creditors coming to take my two boys. Because I got a need and I'm putting God I'm going to say God now, your man of God said all I all I needed was to take that little small pot of oil and pour it out. But can I tell you if you shut God down, God can't do anything for you. Amen. Doubt or snatch victory right out of the jaws. And he said when thou art come and thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all the vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. Can I tell you, if you want God to work in your life, you just got to get poured out. You ain't got to worry about Brother Dave who's sitting beside you. If Have you ever been in a place that you had a need, Sister Shirley, that you just didn't care? You know what I'm saying? You just prayed like you was a just had to have it. When you get desperate, Sister Smith, with God, God, I believe God starts listening then when those folks stepped out by faith and said, we got to go get some pots. God said, I, I, I got you now. I'm listening now. He said, and, and, and it came to pass when the vessels was full that she said unto her sons, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And The oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and this is a great thing about serving God. He said, go sell the oil and pay thy debt. Brother Riley, he didn't stop there. He didn't stop there and say, all right, go get out of debt. Go on about your business. Go ahead, quit bothering me. He said, live thou and thy children off the rest. God's a provider. God's a provider, church. The devil would tell you God's not a provider. That's a God of the old time. Brother Jerry, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he done back yonder is just on, he can do today. It's according to your faith. according to my faith. Just how many apostles are you willing to drag to the house, Brother Gibson? God said, I'm going to pull it out. When you got all you need to pay your debt, we're not going to stop there. I want you to have enough to take care of. Aren't you glad that he said that he, he said, if you give, he'd give back to you? Press down. I'm getting on I don't mean to get on it. But he said that. He said, if you give, I'll give back to you. Press down, shake, and running over. He said, I'll cause men to give back to you. Right. Faith, church. Right. Faith. You got all you need. You just need to exercise that thing. Because we serve a God that can take care of all our problems and all our situations. I read this in the book. It said, our faith is not really tested until God asks us to bear what seems unbearable, do what seems unreasonable, and expect what seems impossible. Right. Somebody in the church will say amen. amen. I can tell y'all this real quick. I think I'm running out of time. When we was at Mount Zion, we had a drought in, in, in our area in Chiefland. Our well was 30 feet deep. It was one of those shallow wells. I guess the church had been there since 95, 94. The Jehovah Witness had it before we had it, so they had it some years too, Brother Mike. And anyway, when drought had got bad, adjusting the well went, quit. So, the pastor said, I said, Pastor, what are we going to do? He said, we're just going to trust God. That sounds pretty good the first Sunday. (laughs) All right, Brother Justin, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know what I'm saying, Pastor? I mean, that that works pretty good the first Sunday. But a month went by and another month went by and another month went by. I said, Pastor, what are we going to do? He said, we're going to trust God. Well, my daddy and mama was alive at that time, they was up in their early 70s, late 60s. They was hauling water back and forth. I said, Pastor, this thing's been going on for quite some months now. What are we going to do? He said, we're going to trust God. I said, okay, okay. So anyway, the people at church kind of got a little restless. Sister Smith, and they said, Brother Wayne, you need to talk to the pastor and see if we can't do something about this. So a little ball headed guy went in and talked to the pastor. and He said, all right. He said, we'll meet up here one Saturday, and let's see what God will do. So we showed up there one Saturday and just couldn't get water at all. Sister Chelsea just couldn't get no water at all. So and Thomas kicks in and he said, let's just take up a collection. We'll put in a new well, Pastor. I said, no, no, no. We're going to wait on God. I said, Pastor, we're going to wait on God? He said, oh yeah, we're going to wait on God. I'm going to tell you now, one thing Brother Danny about sitting on a man of faith, he just didn't budge. He said, we're just going to trust God. Long story short, he stood up, I think it was one Wednesday night, and he said, hey, I need some guys to show up at church. We're going to put this well to the test. and Thomas didn't even need to go, really, because he'd already figured out we needed a new well, but and Thomas showed up anyway. God is my witness that well still running today. Still pumping water today. But I appreciate, Brother Mike, a man of God that said, you know what? I don't care what all the rattles going around. We're just going to trust God. Amen. this day and age, we need a men and women of God that's going to look because there's stuff that coming or has already been here that we're going to need that faith. Because you're going to run up on something that, that the doctors can't help you with, the lawyer can't help you with, the judge can't help you with, your best friend can't help you with, your prayer partner can't help you with. But the same yesterday, today, and forever can help you. In closing, I want to talk to you real quickly. Can you imagine being the boy that went to the meeting that took five loaves and two fishes? Can you imagine? If he'd have went and said, Mama, I think Jesus is going to use me today to feed about 20,000 people. Mama probably would have looked at him like, I don't think so, Tim. Can you imagine when he got to the crowd, Brother Justin, if he just said, God's going to use me today to feed 20,000 people. Jesus said, when he lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? This he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. Philip was thinking about just giving them a little bit. Aren't you glad you serve a God that thinks in the big round? One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter, brother, saying to him, there's a lad here which had five barley loaves and two small fishes, but watered that among so many. Some doubt and Thomas just slipped in there. And Jesus said make the men sit down. Now there was so much grass in the place so the men sat down in a number about 5,000. And we all know that when it was all said and done Jesus said pick up everything. Pick up the fragments that nothing be lost. He picked up over 12 baskets. And he picked up 12 baskets of fragments that they picked up over a man of a young lad that had five loaves and two fishes. In closing I want to tell you this real quick story about my mother. When my daddy passed away Brother Brian, she just kind of fell apart. She was staying with us. My sister's not saved. She she had known the Lord, and she drifted backwards, but she wasn't serving the Lord, Sister Smith, and I knew my sister has a, a pill problem, and I knew if my sister got her hands on my mama, um, it wasn't going to be good, Brother Jerry, because she was just going to turn her into so she could get her medication. So I said, Pastor... I need you to come over to the house and pray for my mama. Mama was laying in the bed. You and I don't mean. I'm just being honest with you, brother Tyson. You can see mama and she just squirm on the bed like a snake. She just holler and scream. It's true, ain't it? Three days. I don't know about y'all now, but boys love their mamas. And that just broke my heart. I cried and I prayed and I cried and I prayed. But Micah had This same guy that I was talking to you about praying for his wife, he lives in Cross City. He told me, he said, Brother Wayne, we we really need to pray for her today. I said, no, no, we're going to wait on the man of God. We're not going to move until the man of God gets here. Oh, no, we need to pray for your mama now. I just feel it. I said, no, 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 we're not moving until the man of God gets here. So I called Pastor. I said, Pastor, can you come up and pray for my mama? She's in bad shape. He said, Brother Wayne, he said, man, I'm just so busy. He's, he's a commercial fisherman. He said, I just can't make it. I thought, what do you mean you can't make it? That's my mama. He said, look, he said, we got service Wednesday night. I'll be up there to pray for her Wednesday night. I said, but Pastor. So I said, I already had in my mind, Brother Justin, how God was going to work all this thing out. See, so he said, Sister Sarah, I just knew. I had dreams in my mind. pastor was going to walk in the house. We was going to put hands on Mama. We was going to oil her up, Sister Edith. And we was going to cast that spirit right out of her. I already had it all worked out. I just needed a man of God there. True story. He showed up Wednesday night before church, Brother Jerry. Walked in the house. I said, it's fixing to get on now, man. We're fixing to cast this demon out. He laid his hands on my Mama. He just said, in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you, Satan. He pulled that hospital thing. He walked right back out the house. I wanted to shake her and kick her around. but He just laid his hand on her and said, in the name of Jesus, she just like that. Bam. Cleared it up just like that. Could I get you to stand? I'm telling you, if you have a need in your life that you need God, He's a right now God. Whatever you have need of in this house, God's got it. Don't listen to the devil. The devil tells you that lost loved one's not ever going to be saved. That God don't do those things no more. I'm telling you, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, without faith, it's impossible.